What's up, salty dogs? Season five. Dang. That was a good one, wasn't it? It was a good one. <laughs> did I peek it? Did I peek it? You, I'm sure you did. Can't see in the cartoons where you're where you're like whenever a, a yeah. loud noise like your headphones go. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll 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 crush it in post. Casey, we'll you'll never peek we'll ever, com- <laughs> especially with that sweet stash you got I'm gonna, today. Want to peek a boo? How about that? Yeah, if you don't know, we record live on Facebook. So if you want to see Casey's sick stash, <laughs> his stick sick, sick stash, sick well, cinema stash. Honestly, all the, all the youth pastors and the you know worship pastors now are just rocking. Casey looks like there. a youth pastor. Doesn't he, he does look like a youth pastor, bro. bro. Where'd you get your clothes at, Gabe? Baby Gap. You made just that give us a joke real, give week. us a real quick. Yeah, yeah. It's your boy Casey. Come on down on Sunday not, at seven p.m. at five. That not, fi- yeah, yeah, I'm Christian de- Ministries. I'm definitely not going to do that. Dang it, he's too cool to do that. Yeah. He would never do that. No, I would. He not. would just be like, you could show up to youth group or you can go to hell. <laughs> Either way, you choose. Hey. Ooh. So we, yeah, we record live to Facebook every other Tuesday night. So if you guys want to go check us out, facebook.com slash salty dogs cast. And we want to give a shout out right now live through Facebook, but you will be hearing it recorded through the podcast to Ellen, Ellen Rose. Rose. What's up, everyone? Listening. Watching from the New, New, Zealand. New Zealand. New Zealand. How about that? Yeah, yeah, What's yeah. going on, Ellen Rose? Coming from across the pond. Yeah. Checking Rose, it out. Ellen Rose, I hope she has some rosy cheeks, bro. We have oh, not of course she does. We have not rosy doffed some rosy you cheeks just, in a long time. You just time. doffed her with the I rosy did, cheeks. I did, with the rosy you cheeks. You got her. It's good yep. stuff. All right, good stuff. Good to be here. Hey, you know something it, that really pisses me off? You know what really grinds my gears? You know Really, what, this is how we're starting this? Yeah. Whatever. Okay. What, what really makes you salty? Tell yeah. me what makes you salty. Yeah. Satan. He just, I can't stand that jerk. Satan. Satan. Satan, Satan and his group of demons. Ye, ye old adversari- adversario. <laughs> Lord, just send your Kurt Angles. He's <laughs> really to get him Father, in there. Father Angles God, I just, I just pray that Satan. you would just, just people's elbow, Lucifer. Just hit him from the heavenlies with right the heavenly stonkle stunner. rock that is higher off, than I. Off that uh, third heaven rope. <laughs> Lord Break me, build your oh church gosh. upon me as I am the rock. Yeah, exactly. Rock bottom. Rock bottom, Satan's ass. Anyway, dude. <laughs> Did you hear that the, That Dwayne Johnson's family had to get tested for COVID because on Thanksgiving they could not smell what the rock was cooking? <laughs> Anyways. Are we going to talk about something that's Christian? Or? <laughs> yeah, I got, something. I got something to talk about this, Christian. You know oh. something that really pisses me off? All right, tell oh, us. Yeah, I'm going to bring some salt today. Um, I, I messaged Jason about this, and I really cannot stand when churches uh, oh, make no. some big announcement on Sunday when it's like really snowy, and they're like, hey, everybody, we just want to let you know we decided to cancel church service today, and uh, it's because you know we just really care about your safety, and it just feels so... Like virtue sig- signaling type, like yeah. we're gonna come in and and if no one's here's Tell why. Tell us more about that. Okay, here's why they're canceling because no one's gonna come. You think so? <laughs> yeah. Who's gonna get out in the snow and you're gonna have three people there and? But don't you think there's a mix of heart behind that? It's got to be smart. Because I nah. listen. Because I because I knew dog. I knew some I I knew a pastor who never wanted to cancel regardless of what the wind the the weather was like. But then there, are, I believe there are some that are genuinely like. Let me tell you the the kind of person I am. I like to cancel because I don't want to get out, and then I just cancel and let everybody else know, "Hey, we canceled. We're not having church." But I don't spin it for safety. Well, I just didn't want to be like. there. That's what it feels like. It feels like a spin. Okay, here's what it feels like: a PR move. Let, it's let's, like this PR thing that's like, no, let me be salty because it, it's just annoying. Mm-hmm. Because every single pastor's going live on Facebook talking about. 
we care about your safety, yada, yada, yada. It's like one of those things that you don't really have to say. Everyone knows why you're canceling. It's not safe. So just cancel and just say, Jeez, hey, everybody. Chris is salty. Wet, weather's bad today, and uh, and we're not having church service. Yeah. <laughs> you got Jason, that. you were going off on me about this topic. You got out of your system I, now. I, I, what, he, I think he's got it out of his system. But I, right. what I was going to say was like, there are just some days that I don't feel like going to church. And I and I just want to know if there's anybody else out there who has those days where they're just like, I just don't want to go. Well, that's never an issue for me because we don't go to church. We are the church, Jason. Wow. Boom. Oh, there you go. Well, that explains it. That's the mic drop right uh, there. No, well, no, I feel the same way. And I haven't been to church in I don't know how long. It's been I guess a long it's time. been a little while. Yeah. So you see social media posts and you think they're baloney. <laughs> no, it's not that I think they're baloney. Okay, do I think that people want people to get hurt on the way to church? No. No. But I, it feels so P-R-E. P-R-E-ish. Like, Public relation. Yeah, it feels very like, I don't know. There's something about it that just doesn't feel genuine. It's like it'd be better if you just said like, hey, everybody, we're not going to be meeting today. Obviously, you know why. Stay safe. Yeah. Please. Not this whole like big spiel about safety and stuff. Like everyone already knows that, honestly. So <laughs> I want to see a church be like, hey, everybody, it's cold as balls outside right now. And <laughs> we're just, we're going to cancel because, you know, because the boys are, are yeah, neg- <laughs> negative 16 and stuff, man. So. You, you guys, know what I'm saying? You guys are on. No, I don't. I, real I church. Realchurch.com. Say say what I really mean. Church.com. Say what you really really mean. Church.com. Say what you need to say. Say what you mean to say. Well, here's the one good thing about Salty Dogs Church. Uh, last week we had um, 30 engagements on our post. We had mm. oh, we did? seven likes. We had three shares. So we're going to celebrate uh, the metrics. Yeah, we had um, six of these emojis. Yeah. Those? Mm. Six of those. The hands up We got one right now by Matt Brown. We're already on track to meet those jumpers. Yeah, yeah. Let's, we're just going to take a moment. We're going to celebrate the emojis in our comment feed right now. So we got a hands <laughs> up in the air with the triangles, kind of like a what's up, y'all. And then we've got a uh, purple shirt. Oh, no, that's a hand raise. It's oh, bro, a hand we raise? got a hand raise. Oh, we got a hand raise. Oh, oh we my got another one. <laughs> Whoa, bro. Pam, oh, oh. I see that hand. Pam, Pam, I see that hand. And then Andrea says what's up. So we got two hand We got... Two two hands up and one hand raise. So oh, we're just bro. We're just we're gonna crushing celebrate. We're really doing track. it big for the Lord. We're on track with the emojis. We're really just bringing it. You and, know, uh, the, well, uh, no, he's really bringing it, Jason. The, uh, this isn't about yeah, us. Yeah, the the harvest Allegedly. is plenty, and the, and the workers are few, man. So we're just out we here podcasting for the Casey Lord, just really bringing them in. You know, flex that stash. Yeah, man. Why are you hating on the stash? No, bro, I'm trying to bring glory and honor to the stash. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm trying to bring a knowledge, acknowledgement to it. I love that. Uh, oh, hey, we have a question. Oh, what about you? Okay, can I talk yeah, about Christopher? How do you feel about church on Super Bowl? Okay, I got this. Uh oh, let me Uh-oh. let me buckle up. Uh-oh. You just release the demand, Pam. Oh gosh, Satan. Okay, so here's how I feel about satanic. What do you mean? Satonic. I'm assuming that she's talking about how do I feel about all the stuff churches say on the Super Bowl Sunday. Well, we had this. We had this idea. I had this idea to release like a bingo card for like a shot game. You called it a, a drinking game. A drinking game. You for play, Christians. You play a drinking game for Christians. A Christian drinking game. And it's game. got like all of these. It's like a bingo card, <clears throat> and you basically take a shot if something happens that's on the bingo card for Super Bowl. And then Jason's like, maybe it should be a shot of communion. 
maybe shot of the blood. Yeah. <laughs> but you basically, so the, there's the free bingo square. Another one could be if your pastor wore a Chiefs jersey on stage or anyone in the band wore a Chiefs jersey. If they had anything other than donuts and coffee, like maybe if they had chips or hot dogs, Nachos. or like they were grilling out and they're like, hey, everybody. So that could have been a bingo square. Another bingo square could have been um, if they had inflatables um, there at the church. That yep. could have been one. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one could have been if... Uh, if the pastor said, I don't know about y'all, but I'm watching the Super Bowl with my smoking hot wife tonight. Oh, yeah. A pastor's got to mention smoking hot wife. Yeah. Uh, so there's, one of there's that one. If if the pastor said, Jesus is my Mahomey, uh, that could have been one too. <laughs> that one would have been a rare one, but what I have about, no doubt someone would have played that card. What about if people got as excited about Jesus in church as they did about the Chiefs in the Super Bowl? And that's yeah. pretty much, you can make that the the middle bingo square because <laughs> every pastor every, was yeah. going to say that. You're going straight we, you know, if you guys worshipped as loud for Jesus as you cheered for a touchdown during the Super Bowl. That's why the world is... If you paid as much attention to our church announcements as you do to the Super Bowl commercials. If you got invited to a small group that was hosting a Super Bowl party, that should be a square, right? Like they're, okay. holding, they're hosting some, a Super some, Bowl party. Some of y'all can name every player on a team, but you can't name the books of the Bible. Day. You can't even name the 12 disciples, but nah, you know the whole O-line. Yeah, oh. dude. Ooh, Come on with it. Oh, man. So we Come had this on, idea. Man. Anyways, people you, would be you, drunk like four, you, four you squares stare, in. You stare, stare more at Travis Kelsey's face than you do the face of Jesus. Oh, man. Man, I'll tell you what. Somebody getting down well, and saying more prayers during since, the Super Bowl than they do their whole life. Since we're bringing law, we oh. may as well move into our topic today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> speaking of law, speaking of judging people. Uh, Doth speak, my ears to Speaking me. of looking at the outward actions instead of the heart. Speaking uh-huh. of not being Christ-like, speaking of being unloving, speaking of being judgmental. Speaking ooh. of my smoking hot wife. <laughs> uh, oh, gosh. Okay. All right. Are we diving in? Yeah, I'm ready to no dive in. No other life updates? No, nah, I got nothing, man. I got no nothing. More, no more banter. You guys got it all out of your system. You're you're here for the banter. Uh, Casey's here to bring the word. <laughs> he's no. just really going to... He's ready. He's got a smoking hot pile of words. Okay, let me he's just ready say... ready to serve up. <laughs> Steamy pile of word ready to... <laughs> Look at that steamy pile of Titus you got there. Oh, my gosh. So Casey actually has his Bible and a notebook out on the well, table. That doesn't mean that I'm leading this. Oh, okay. I just have Netflix open on my... <laughs> just kidding. Trying to catch up on uh, Ozark while Casey <laughs> Casey oh. reads through Romans 6. Man. <laughs> uh, All right. Let's do it. Are yeah. you starting it off? Uh, no. Okay. What are we talking about you tonight? Just, so I, I like to generally piggyback... You need a piggyback ride. <laughs> well, here, yeah, like any like any other topic that's birthed, it normally stems from a conversation. Sure, or some sort of phone call that happens beforehand. Well, so yeah. was there one of those yeah. this time? Well, actually, I think this stemmed a little bit from the last episode that we had, where Casey was talking about like deliverance. He said he was mm-hmm. delivered from alcoholism, and so essentially, slaves are delivered. Yeah. So we started talking about this idea of being a slave and like. The idea of obedience after deliverance versus obedience during slavery. Like if I'm a slave to sin, I I can't be obedient to the spirit. Right. right. If I'm in captivity, there there's no being obedient to something because I'm captive to it. I'm a slave to it. And so there's that idea of again the Israelites under the captivity of Pharaoh. But then, and that, and that's like, would we yell at them and say, "Get yourself out of resla- out of slavery, repent"? Re- what if we brought a message of repentance to those who were in, like, people who were locked up? You know, they're they're yeah. imprisoned, and we're like yelling at them, saying, "Repent of your prisonness." 
<laughs> repent, repent right. of being a prisoner. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, how does somebody even pull that off? And so the idea was, and you said you couldn't stop talk, thinking about it, just the idea like you were a slave to the addiction. And people would yell at you and say, bro, repent, submit to Jesus, yield, go to AA, get in a group home. Like they yelling at you to do all these things. And you said you just woke up one day yeah. and you were delivered and you were free. And so the freedom was not something that was a, a an act of obedience, right? An act of obedience didn't bring about your freedom. I didn't obey. F- I didn't obey my way into deliverance. You know, you did not. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's that's great, right there. You did not obey your way into deliverance. Correct. You didn't obey your way into freedom. That concept, though, is is really hard to understand because it it's a simple concept, but it also goes against everything that we've kind of been told, you know, our whole lives, which is it you you do this, God will do this. Right. Like there's right. always a formula. And in the last episode, we talked about prescription. Like there's always a prescription that's there. Either it's, you know, maybe you need to check in. And, and, you know, we were talking about Casey and his specific, like, you know, being delivered from alcohol. But I mean, this can go for anybody that's wrestling with anything Ang- uh, anger, porn, uh, beaten their wife, like <laughs> anything, like yeah. any, any vice that someone has, lying, stealing, gossiping. I mean, whatever you fill in the blank. And, and it can be one of those things. And you have people that, Try and try and try their hardest, pray and cry out to God, and yet they don't experience the freedom. Freedom, and so then they're left wondering, well, what's wrong with me? Yeah, like why isn't this happening? Why aren't I being set free? Yeah, I. So we talked a little bit about this, but I had a quick conversation with somebody today, and um, and I, and I'll just read it because I I feel like it's going to make more sense that way. I put there's so much more to sin that people are in. Most times it's from trauma or hurts, rejection, etc. Rather than help people deal with root issues, we yell at them to get rid of the bad fruit growing on the tree. And he goes, and my buddy Brad, he goes, yep, it's like treating a cough for someone who has lung cancer. You give them a cough suppressant to control the cough, but the cancer is still there. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so there's a difference, right? There's a difference between treating the cough and treating the cancer. The, can- the cough is a symptom of the cancer. Right. And a lot of times our sin is the symptom of the slavery. Right. Right. And so the actions that are happening, the things that we're Say doing. That again, you said the sin. The sin is the symptom of the of slavery. The slavery, the slavery the is the, the root heart, issue. Yeah. But everyone wants to treat the sin. Everybody wants to say, repent of your sin. But Jesus came to set the captives free, not to tell people not, you know. Stop sinning. Yeah. Well, then what about when he clearly told people to sin, you know, you're healed, go and sin no more. Yeah. He told them not to sin, but he healed them before they were, he healed people and forgave sins before they asked for forgiveness and before they repented. And Jesus forgave sins before he died on the cross. Mm. There was literally nothing people could do to make themselves worthy of the forgiveness that they were going to receive or the healing that they were going to receive. The formula was It was the act of of God. It was the heart of the father. It was Jesus looking at a person who was crippled and saying, your sins are forgiven. Compassion, man. Right. Compassion. He sees, he sees the guy laying on the mat. He's been lame from birth. He sees the guy, he knows his legs don't work, but he forgives his sins first. Hmm. The guy doesn't say, Jesus, forgive my sins. The guy doesn't say, I'm so sorry that I sinned against God in heaven and earth. And I've sinned. he didn't say, Oh, I, he didn't weep and well and walk to the front of the aisle. He laid there helpless 
and broken. So, okay, so we're talking about forgiving of sins. Do you think there's any Christian that is a Christian that would deny that their sins have been forgiven? Because I don't know that there is. I mean, th- yes, probably some people, but I think the majority of Christians aren't worried about their sins being forgiven. I think they trust that. Yeah. But it's like maybe the power that sin has over them and they're still like their pull, the pull to engage in what the, whatever those acts are, you know, fill in the blank and that they can't shake those. Yeah. It's a, it's a really interesting conversation because you, you go to Romans and like Romans six, seven, eight, it all talks about the law. And Paul talks about, I have this thing at work in me and the things I don't want to do, I do. And the things I do want to do, I don't. And so he makes a distinct, he distinguishes between the spirit and the flesh. So he says, but I see a different law in my body parts battling against the law of my mind and bringing me into bondage under the law of sin, which is in my body parts. So he's basically saying in one way, I want to serve the spirit, but in my flesh, in my body, I want to serve sin. So he's basically saying there's this like duality that exists within him. And, um, you know, God gave me a vision about what that's like. Um, It's the two, um, the spirit and the flesh warring within. Um, It was like a hot front and a cold front. Mm-hmm. Uh, meeting meeting together, and we from Kansas know what that happens, you know, no, or what makes that. It's a tornado, got yourself there, tornado, a destructive, bro. a destructive force, you know. And um, I, I, I just turned. I, I was there in Romans six because I was like, I, I looked up. Okay, well, the word slaves, and, and where's that at in the Bible? And you know, just like we were talking about on the last episode about because I've just really been into resurrection lately. Yeah, you know, or just like I, I've experienced that that sort of you know, kind of, I don't want to call it an outline, but that kind of, um, you know, movement in my, in my life. And so, uh, I went straight to Romans six and it was dealing with, you know, the two things that I have been really just pondering and meditating lately, which is like resurrection power and slavery, you know, and if you guys don't mind, I just like to kind of Read a little a portion of Romans six. Read from Open the your good Bibles book just to, just uh, to that. Yeah, Romans, Romans six. We'll go one through. What version are you it's, in? Uh, English e- ESV English yeah. version. <laughs> English. I'm reading from the English Bible. <laughs> English English. Um, I probably I know this is going to be quite like a little bit of a longer reading, but I'd just like to read probably down to it's a good time to catch up on Ozark while Casey's reading. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll do uh, that. one sure through. Do let's just go one through twenty three. Holy shnikes! Well, there's a lot in there. Can you just sum it up? <laughs> <laughs> Can you cliff notes that? Can for you me? just tell me Sinbad? All right. Um, give, me the, I, give me the, we'll get you out of here in 30 minutes from our worship service. We <laughs> promise version. Yeah. Uh, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been, <clears throat> who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by a baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we had been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united in him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order, in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin for one who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. <clears throat> we know that Christ 
uh, being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once and for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin. And that's, that's a, a key, key word that I wanted to talk about with you guys. Where's that at? <clears throat> that's uh, Romans 6, verse 11. Consider so, so do you want to stop and yeah, talk about fine. it, or do you want to keep going? Yeah, that's fine. Because I highlighted something I think we could probably hammer down on for a little while. Yeah, no, I, man. Yeah, no, yeah, no, <laughs> yep. I think, and this, this <laughs> when I when I go back through Romans 6, and I just kind of, I contemplate that stuff. Like, I, this word, reckon, you know, consider, reckon yourself. I'm uh, Gotham's reckoning. <laughs> <laughs> yourselves dead to sin and alive to um to Jesus I that point of um just that deliverance for me it just makes so much sense here because like when I reckoned myself as I understood what I was going through because there's a difference between no because in verse let's see verse 6 he says we know that our old self is crucified. There's a difference between knowing that and reckoning it, like considering it and, and settling the dispute to understand mm. that in your spirit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Cause to settle it's revealed, the matter. Yeah. To settle the matter. And it's revealed to you by the Holy spirit, that knowing, right? We know that we are, you know, we have been crucified with Christ. Now you have to reckon yourselves as dead. And so when mm. I was, when I was going through what I was going through, man, like I just realized that I was going through that process of the death, burial and resurrection in my life. Right. right? And, um, when I reckon myself dead to sin, that resurrection power, because he said in verse six or verse seven, for one who has died has been set free from sin. That's the deliverance. Okay. Brother, there you go. There you about. go. So that's what we're and talking so about. When I, when I, that old man, right. Me, that old person that I was, okay. Through everything that I've been through and all that baggage attached to that old person, dude, that was put to death. I reckoned it as being to the cross. Okay, Jesus is, Jesus has dealt with that because He dealt with it, and I am one with Him. He is one with me. That's already happened. That's 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 not up for debate. Yeah, it happened already. You know, and which once I considered that and reckoned it and determined in my mind, and not not determination as an exerting effort, but once I just settled the matter and I really understood that that happened, that part of me died, man. Mm. That old man in me died, and all of that stuff that is attached to that old man that we used to be, right, stays in the grave with that old person when you walk out in the resurrection power. So you know, I I just kind of felt that that was so important that. That that deliverance from that sin specifically, you know, was was because uh, the process of death, burial, and resurrection in my life. So, <clears throat> I want to talk about that the dying situation here, because you said for one who has died. So, what you're talking about is getting you're having a bit of truth spoken through the scripture here that's saying your old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with that. We would no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who's died has been set free from sin. And so Paul is saying, what's, what's the scripture where he says, for I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The, yeah. The life I live in, in, I live in faith as the son of God who loved me and died for me. So how how did Paul come to know that he was crucified with Christ? Had to be through revelation by the Holy Spirit. It had to be through revelation, right? right. Because exactly. he didn't like physically 
like die with Christ on the cross. He was cruci- he was he was uh, persecuting the church, right? So that's that's not a physical death he was talking about. He said, "For I've been crucified with Christ." So he had a spiritual. He had a revelation from God. Basically, the Father saying, "Hey, actually, you." I mean, I believe this conversation took place. The Holy Spirit in to Paul, yeah. And Paul's saying the the Spirit saying to Paul, "Hey, you've been crucified with Christ, and you it's no, not, you don't live any longer. You live in faith in the Son of God. In the Son of God." And so Paul gets this revelation, and then he he's reckoned to that bit of truth and it changes who he is. Right. He experiences that truth. Remember we're talking about experiencing truth right. versus just hearing truth. Just knowing it. So what's yeah. happening here is we can read the scripture and we can read it all day long. We can read it till the cows come home. We <laughs> <laughs> Well, here they are. What do I do now? Uh, so we can read it, read it, read it, ingest it, ingest it, ingest it. And it's just information until, until it actually the light is shed on until it. the reckoning yeah the actually, reckoning yeah and how, but is that a is that an us or is that a spirit or is it both of us i think it's both i think again what, the, like where i've moved into now like dealing with the more intricate sins in my life like allocating those to the cross like it, it maybe through envisioning or whatever you want to call it, you know, but, but if I'm struggling with something, I say, you know what, man? And if it's from my flesh, which a lot, of, if I'm struggling, it's from my flesh, you know what I mean? Right. But saying, look like just kind of envisioning it in my mind and giving that, right? So giving that to the father to, to, to take to the cross. And, uh, I just found for me that, man, I started feeling things loosen up, you know, by reckoning that, as crucified, that part of my flesh that, you know, he says that Jesus said, man, take up your cross daily, right? That means carry that weapon around with you, man, because these things that, that rise up in me from the fleshly part of me, they have to be allocated to the cross in order for the death to happen, in order for the resurrection life, that new life to, to take over that, you know, where that space is that was left from the, from what was being allocated to the cross. So this, I, I want to talk more a little bit about this idea of dying, though, because it says for those who've died, or are are um, have has been free from sin, set free from sin. So, not literally. So, Paul's talking spiritual here right now, right? He's not telling Christians that they need to die physically. He's not saying part. So the wages of sin is death, right? Say uh, Jesus defeated sin and death. So he's not saying partner with death in order to be made alive. He's saying die to self, right? It's Correct. a, it's a, it's a, what, what is the self? Is it the mind, the will and emo- the emotions? Is it, I, I think it's our effort apart from Christ, right? Apart from me, you can do nothing. So anything that we try to attempt in a spiritual fashion, apart from Jesus it becomes, not spiritual. it's not spiritual. It's a work of the flesh. And so to die, I think is to essentially allow your self will and your self efforting to cease, to no longer try and do good enough or be good enough on your own. Mm. I mean, does that does that make sense, Chris? You're over here thinking. Yeah, I just think the whole thing is confusing, and mostly because I haven't experienced it. Right. You know, and I and I I just sit here and and you we kind of ran into this problem last time because you you kept asking how how and I you know I'm sitting here and maybe this is the practical part of me like. I was just talking to someone today and uh, they were like, what are you, what are you passionate about? And one of the things I'm passionate about is, 
is, or one of the biggest honors in my life is when I feel like something that I say connects some dots for people that helps them come to their own conclusions, whether if they're a Christian, then if that's through the Holy Spirit, they're not a Christian, then that's through, you know, whatever. But if I can, if I can play a role in helping people connect dots in their mind, I'm all for that. Yeah. And so I'm just sitting here and I'm like, man, I know that there are people that are out there that are wondering, how do I start this? And, and it's just, that's what I'm hung up on right now. And that's where my thoughts keep going. They keep going back to that because then we have, you know, Casey, you woke up one day. Now there was lots of things that happened yeah, before dude, that there day. There was a lot going on. You know, on. a lifetime, a life, like a lifelong things that have happened. And so it, the more that I, that I hear you share about this, the more that we talk about this, the more that we look at scripture, I'm just kind of like, man, it just kind of feels like I, I hope it's everyone's confusing. Cause in my mind it makes sense. You know what I mean? Well, no, like, I mean, it's okay. So it's, it's this simple concept. I'm wondering, do I literally have any role in it? Because it sounds like it's like the spirit that just, it's almost like, you know, if you, if you look at a bomb that's got like the countdown clock, you know, how old are you? Dang, dude. No, <laughs> I'm 34. Okay. So you got, uh, you know, 34, you know, your clock hits 34 and, and however many days it was before you woke up that morning. And then it's like on this day, 34, 34 years and uh, 50 days on this earth, Casey's going to wake up and boom, be free from this. And so every, it's almost like everyone's got this clock that no one knows about, yet the Lord knows. And it's like when this clock gets down, as long as you've been in relationship with him, then is that like when stuff's going to happen? I see what you're saying. You, you see you, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's really, it's really interesting. And I'm not expecting you to have an answer to that. This, no, is, just, this is just where my mind is going. Not, yeah, and I was, I'll take you to, um, to verse number 16 because this kind of plays into it, okay? Verse number 16, Romans 6, 16. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves to the one whom you obey, either sin which leads to death or of obedience which leads to righteousness? There's this, there's this um, as far as our part is concerned and as far as I understand it, now I could be wrong and I hope right. I'm not, but... I presented myself to the Lord a long time ago. Jason was there when I prayed that prayer. Yeah, somewhat, I that. somewhat flipping, flippantly, and I said, "Lord, do whatever you want." You know what I mean? Right. You can have whatever you want and do whatever you want. You can do and whatever you like. Exactly. And from that point on, and not really from that point on, but actually, I don't know, man, because once I prayed that prayer, like that was, that was a decade ago. Right. Yeah. And then not only that, but I prayed that prayer. It was a decade I, I prayed, ago. My, crap, I prayed that prayer with my wife on our, on our honey or our wedding night, which was Lord, do whatever you need to do to make us ready. You know what I mean? Right. And when you present yourself to the Lord like that, so it's just like when the the, the feeding the 5,000 with the loaves, what did he do with what was given to him? He broke it, mm-hmm. he blessed it and used it and multiplied it to meet the needs of others. Mm-hmm. So he breaks everything that is given to him in order that he may bless it and, and, and multiply it. I, I wonder just, I what had... would break first. <laughs> Was it your, your will, your will, or, or your, your body? body. <laughs> your body. Yeah, I'm the just going to see how many of those. You know, and I was surprised. I was surprised at the amount of stuff that was in me that had to go, and and the well, only way. But yeah. Uh, well, I was, I'm just surprised at the darkness that was in me. You know what I mean? Because right. I think we're deceived a lot of times, especially when it comes to like worldly wisdom, things like that, man. I, and the flesh, like the pride of life, you know what I mean? Sometimes we are so deceived that, about how much of the flesh is actually alive and well. Yeah. You know what I mean? And 
uh, I was just surprised at the lengths that God had to take me through to kill that flesh, dude. Yeah. And it was an obscene process, you know, and, and that's why, like, I always had confusion in my mind. I'm like, okay, well, is it my fault or did God do this? Because right. I gave him permission and, you know, did he allow these circumstances? And it's, I think it's a little bit of both, you know, because I gave him permission to do it and I had to go through absolute hell, you know, for that to die. And, and again, man, that was, that deliverance was, I mean, not earned by me, but, but it was paid for, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it, through, through, I mean, absolute torture of my spirit and of my heart and of my mind, you know? And, uh, like I said, woke up one day and, in in that regard, as far as alcohol is concerned, the process was finished. And this is one of of many, you know, one of a right. lifelong journey. Right. So I actually think I've identified just here where you're talking. I've connected some dots. I think I know where I'm getting tripped up at, and I think it has to do with language that we use. Um, I don't know if this kind of language is used in the East, but here in the West, um, in the Western Church, this idea that being set free from sin, being set free from being a slave happens at the point of salvation. Uh, yes, we talked about this. And so, Let's and talk so, about that. This is where I think I'm getting hung up. And this is where I think a lot of people get hung up as as well. Because, you know, good intention, good willing men and right. women of God are saying, turn to Jesus, follow him, give your life to him, surrender. Your life will be forever changed. You'll be a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. That You know, that whole spiel come to Lord. And then it, and then I think that we've made that synonymous when really like right. we've made that like, Oh, that's the death of sin. When really what I think that is, is that's, that's the, the start of relationship, right? That's when relationship mm. begins. And so then we have people walking around wondering, well, why am I still wrestling with this? Why am I still struggling with this? My dad is a great example of someone who came to the Lord after, um, uh, struggling with alcoholism his whole life and immediately in a moment being delivered uh, and not yeah. wrestling and didn't have a sip of alcohol for 13 years, you know, however long it was. But, and how, and you have those stories that happen in a moment. However, let's talk about this. Just because the drinking of the alcohol went away doesn't mean that every part of him was delivered. Was delivered. Right. And maybe, and maybe this is an example of the Lord willing and knowing like, all right, in order for me to make any sort of progress with him, I'm going to have to deliver him from this. Right. And then there's still this journey that he's going to have to go on. Well, right. So let's and talk about and that. And that's, you know, specific to each child. You know, we are all oh, bi- yeah, biologically sure. and molecularly different. Okay. And God knows how to deal with each one of his children. You know, for you who have, you know, multiple children, I'm sure that the way that you deal with one is not the way that you deal with the other. And it's very, sure. it's very, you know, specific yeah. to the, to the person. And so you, know? you can't, you can't try and make it a blanket scenario. Right. And I think that's where we get in trouble is when you take this message and then you blanket it to a group of people and then it, and then, then after that, you then have the same expectations of all of the people. Right. And, but I mean, take this, this is a blanket, this, this is a truth, right? Death, co-death with Christ, right? And, and co-resurrection and co-ascension. That's, that's a truth, right? Mm-hmm. But, and, and it would seem blanket, but the process for each person individualized is different. Right. Yeah. It'd so be, it'd be, it'd be the, like it's the, saying it's whatever, it, whatever the ends are to the means for each specific person. It'd be like saying, uh, every sickness has a treatment and, but every treatment is different. It's yeah. kind of like that. You're, yeah. you're, um, 
what's it called? Your prognosis, your, your diagnosed, your prognosis is your course of treatment. And so the prognosis, well, and that's dependent off a lot of things. It's, it's dependent off your weight. It's dependent off your age, off your physical health. You know what I mean? So it's all specific the, to the to, stage to the of person. cancer, stage yeah. one, yeah, exactly. stage two, stage three. So there's treatment. There's a, there's a healing that will come, but it takes a different process to get there. But you guys, you guys see what you guys see what, what I'm trying to get at with yeah. like this whole, we've made salvation, whatever the hell that yeah. means, synonymous with deliverance right. or being set free when it's really like, I think we would, it would do so many people better to get rid of the phrase saved and salvation and just being saved, bro. Yeah, like, right. But the, just this idea of, of your starting relationship, you, you're, you're, you're basically, yeah. this is the start of a relationship yeah. with God, and yes. the, and it's it's a journey, it's a marathon. There's well, so much more. Where salvation and being saved from eternity, or or whatever that means, you yeah, know, hell yeah, or yeah, whatever, yeah. that it's almost like a that's the end. I've arrived. Like I've met. I'm. Right. I got my get out of jail free right. card. When really, it, yeah. it's it's just a mindset shift. Words matter, and I think this is something that trips us, trips people up. Yeah, and I had always thought that. And you, you can imagine if you hear a message and preachers do a good job of like preaching hope in Christ and come to him and he loves you and come as you are and he'll save your soul. This doused in mud, soaked in bleach as come. I want you to be. Is that the come oh as you are gosh. you're singing? Now is the time. Okay. Let me finish talking. Gosh, <laughs> darn it. So the, I mean, Preachers will do a really good job of preaching a message of hope in Christ. Mm -hmm. And everything they're saying is true about who Jesus is. It is what he does. But I think we have to, we have to distinguish between that's something that's going to happen right now. Maybe it will, maybe there's deliverance and maybe there's a process of deliverance, right? Like he's going to journey. So come to know Jesus. Why? Because you're going to start a relationship with him that it will be a journey through the rest of your life here on earth of knowing him and him doing work in your life, right? It's the process of sanctification. It's the being transformed into his likeness, being transformed. Right. Right. And so again, it's this thing that is happening. So there's a truth about who you are, but then there's a, a manifestation of you essentially walking into that. So I keep having to go back to the Israelites under the hand of Pharaoh. Yeah. They're good. in slavery four hundred four hundred 400 years, a deliverer comes and that deliverer then has to lead them out of Egypt through the desert into the promised land. They knew the promised land existed. They didn't, they didn't just get transported. They there, didn't get transported know? there. They, as soon as they were. So like their freedom from Pharaoh, I think actually, they were set free and they were let go. They weren't actually free yet because they got pursued to the right. Red Sea. And then once the Red Sea collapses on all of the, you know, chariots, whatever, it's like they no longer have a pursuer. Right. And so now they're free from the, they've been delivered from slavery, but now they're in the process of being trusting God and being obedient to his commands right. in the desert. Right. Go ahead. And that's exactly what we're talking about. Are you able to be obedient to something else before the deliverer comes, right? That's the because question. They, they were obedient to Pharaoh, right? Uh, the taskmasters, right? And then after the deliverance come, they were learning to be obedient to another master. 
Yes. That's really good. You're learning to be obedient to the mother master. And this is where... Oh, I'm, yeah, dude. That's huge. Um, can I say something real quick? Yes. About desert. One of the things that I really have come to appreciate about the way that Jewish people view um, Exodus is just the importance that they see on the value of the desert. The desert. Yeah. And the desert, how it was. it is in the desert that people are changed. I mean, you, you take a human and you throw them in the desert and they're going to experience all sorts of different things. And, and one of the things that you don't really hear enough about, I feel like in the West is that the Lord used the desert to purge Egypt out of his people and, and he used mm. it to change them. And, and it, it is uncomfortable. It is hot. It is people die in the desert oh. journeying through this hopeless, hopeless season. I mean, the desert, there is so much there. You take someone who lives in the desert and they start reading Exodus or any any parts of scriptures where the desert is, and they're walking away with so much more context and so much more appreciation for even being in the desert than what's happening in the desert. Right. And look at this. It's the that, that process of the slavery to free to the promised land, that's the same process of death, burial, and resurrection. It's mm. the it's the it's the death, right? The being, you know, to dying to that old way of life and the tomb it, is the same as the as you know as the uh, wandering in the yeah, desert. Yeah, for sure. The promised land is the new life. It's the new life. Yeah. So there's this, and there's a pro. <clears throat> like, listen to me, man. Anybody who's hopeless, like, if you're coming out of something, man, God has a promise for you, but He's not just going to give that to you. He's got to prepare you for that. You know, yeah. and there's always an inheritance, and it's specific to you. Yes, we have inheritance. We have, you know, our 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 inheritance with his, which is Christ but there is specific but, promises but, for you you know what i mean and you have that, that's earned by the waiting period by the preparation period yeah. but but again you're talking about the value of that desert time yeah the value in they the were desert, learning for sure. the people of god were learning who to yahweh was to trust no, oh, oh, yahweh you guys are just shutting me down dude tonight. i'm sorry i'm sorry you just triggered a thought it like that desert period is the honeymoon that the Israelites were on. They just entered into this marriage covenant with Yahweh. Yeah. And so going into the desert, just like a man and a woman get to know them, know, get to know their partner on the honeymoon suite, right? You know, in the bedroom, in this intimacy. So is the same for the Israelites who had just entered into this relationship with Yahweh, this covenant, and now they are on their honeymoon suite in the desert and they're getting to know him, who he is, uh, who he's not, all of that stuff is so important. There you go. I'm going to shut there, up and you can no, say what you got to say. That's really good. There, it's it's the learning period. It's the before Pharaoh was our master and he was a hard master. He was a laborious master, right? Work, 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 mm -hmm. no rest, slavery. You have no choice. You do what I say. He was not a good master, right? But he did, listen, and, and the Israelites even complained about this. They said, let's go back to Egypt. Even there we had food and water and homes. Mm -hmm. They're Fish wandering around the running around the desert, um, you know, setting up tents and having to drink water from rocks and having manna fall from the sky and quail manifest out of nowhere, right? Mm -hmm. So in one place under slavery, they, they actually were used to that slavery. And so when they came out of that and were delivered it from it, they actually had to learn a new way of living. Right. They had to learn the new way of freedom. Right. And so this all goes back to <laughs> the Yahweh. <laughs> this all goes back to law and spirit. So once we were under the law, there's, listen, I, I'm going to go here to be, the, to be under the law is to say it is written ooh, to be ooh, under ooh, the ooh. law is to say 
the Bible says. Mm. Bro, I'm just saying, G, the father said, I will write my law oh, on your heart and I will cause you to walk in my ways and I will see your sin no more. Right. And I'll cause you to be without blemish. And so a lot of times we are looking to an external source to dictate the good and the bad in our right. life. We're looking to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil to tell us what's right and wrong. Right. We're looking to what is written to tell us what's right and wrong. That's the old way of the law. The new way of the spirit is not to do what is written, is to do what the spirit is it's leading you to do. You, yeah. And so let, let me prove this to you. Jesus, he fulfilled the law perfectly, did he not? But when they, when they asked him to summarize the law, he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and strength, and love others as yourself. So as long as he was acting out of love from the, for the Father and out of love for his neighbor, he was always within the law. transgression the law. He was right. always within the law. But there were times that he did things that were against the law. But that, that was were, the law of man, that right? W- th- he did things that were against the law of that time, but were in accordance to the heart of the Father. And so the old way of the law is it is written. The new way of the spirit is I'm being led by the spirit to be this way. So the law can tell me all day long not to fornicate. And I can look at it and be like, oh, dang, I fornicated again. Right. Versus the spirit of God leading me not to fornicate. So out of my flesh, I can say, I'm not going to do that. Or the spirit can say, don't, don't do that. And I say, yes, Lord. And that's obedience. That's right, right. So flesh is law, and it's I can't help but do it. So you can say you can be obedient to the laws of, of the laws or, or the spirit, essentially. Like the laws of man or the yeah. heart of the God. So so let me prove this again to you. Jesus said, I the son cannot do anything on his own. He can only do what he sees the father doing. If it was about the law, Jesus would have said, I can only do what the law dictates. But it's not about what the law dictated. It's about what the father says to do. It's perfect. It's relationship and perfect obedience to what the father is leading. So not to what is written. Can you use another Mm -hmm. word instead of law? Because that sounds like make this a little more relevant. Give me a little more Stephen Furtick. Do's and do nots. (laughs) Do's and do nots. Christian rules. Right. Right. So you have a denomination that tells you don't drink. Well, it's because the scripture says don't get drunk. And so all of a sudden you've got this external rule that's okay. dictating that never, your behavior. Yeah, and I knew and I knew that when I was drinking. I knew it. You knew it. I knew what the Bible said about drinking. Right. You know what I mean? It was powerless it was, it to was, make you stop. Right. It's absolutely powerless. But what you gave know? you the power to stop? The spirit. The spirit of God. The spirit of God. You are no longer under the law because the law only brings death. Right. The spirit of God is leading you into life and freedom from alcoholism because it's the spirit and it's not and the, the more, law. And the more law that we put on other people, the more sin abounds, right? You can read that right here in, in uh, what? That's seven, seven. Then what shall we say? The law is sin by no means. Yet if it had not been for the law, I would not have known sin. Right. For I would not have known what it is to covet if the law had not said you shall oh, not covet. Man. But sin, seizing an opportunity through the commandant, commandment produced in me all kinds of covetousness. Right. For apart from the law, sin, li- sin lies dead. So, I was, so, yeah. the, so the question for a lot of Christians and even for myself is, am I still under law? Which means, what am I using to dictate my morality? Right. Okay. What am oh, I trying to oh. be obedient to? And here, and here is a very interesting take, man, is that so many people, you know, if the Bible came down, or the Bible, if Jesus came down and said, hey guys, guess what? Uh, you, um, the Bible is not without error. It's got some error in it. 
And uh, but that's okay. <laughs> that's all right. I'm still here. Uh, I gave you helper. He is not without error. It it yeah. He is going to lead you and guide you. That was still a plan. I mean, it says that in the book. Like we're good. Uh, Christians freak out and they feel like people, the world would fall apart if people found out that the Bible was not without error. That if it had some error um, in it. And what is that? What are you putting your morality in at that point? Words on a page. That gives right. me that you know that because it feeds it feeds my my ego my my flesh I can do this that's exactly what you it know does. it's Pharisees. it's, it's right. oh, exactly it's I can do this there oh look here's a rule yeah I can definitely do this you know coming through coming through on that all the sorry just <laughs> I, a little bit. I talked to him early about this I was like God you guys always like I'm I'm there getting ready to go and then you guys like do you something. just got loud <laughs> and you threw off the levels I'm yeah, sorry I'm sorry you're You're my ear all that. But, back, uh, back on your rant. Well, I mean, now it's died down. Maybe I was supposed to stop. I don't know. But, you know, like, oh, a law, something that I can do. It's, yes. It feeds the right. flesh. And I can do this. I got I, this. I can do this. I got that. Yeah, I, got I got this. this. And then we put it on other people, too. You know, the, the yeast of the Pharisees. That's, you know, the what yoke is yeast, of the Pharisees, What, what does the yeast do to bread? It, perme- it permeates and it infects the entire batch, man. All these people got yeast infections, bro. Ooh. I'm preaching now. Nasty. How many people up in the church have yeast infections? Yeast of the Pharisees. We know that girl Mary does. Dang. <laughs> Sorry, I'm Mary. Oh my god. They sell a, <laughs> they sell antibiotics for that. No, <laughs> but seriously, temple. dude, there there's the scripture that then talks about for we no longer live according to the written code, but the new way of the spirit. And I always want to know. So let me let me give you that so you guys know. Romans 7 6. But now we are released from the law, having died to that which held us captive, so that we serve in the new way of the spirit and not in the old way of the written code. So the new way of the spirit says, I'm obedient because the spirit of God is leading me versus I'm obedient because it says or because it is written. You know what I'm saying? It's an external moral code versus an internal, internal force of right. power of obedience. I will cause you to walk in my ways, not I will cause me to walk in his ways. Do you think mm. do you think there's something that like something there with uh following scripture and letting that be the source of of your guidance and like there's some sort of correlation with spiritual maturity with like okay it's a low hanging fruit maybe they haven't necessarily figured out how to hear the Lord, the voice of the Lord they're early in their journey and this you know the Lord is going to use the word you know, and, and sure, he's going to speak to them through the spirit, but there's that the relationship's just starting; it's just developing. Do you think there's any kind of correlation to to the usefulness or um, the percentage? Like maybe let's say it's eighty twenty when you first start your relationship with Christ and you start walking. Eighty percent of your guidance comes from the scriptures. Twenty percent. I think. It like, do you be, think there's something like that? I some think sort it should of, be coming from. This is a process of source to sink, right? This is this is a job for the old the the people that are a little bit more mature in their walk to come in and scoop up these new believers. Because if we're the Imago Dei, that is the image of God and the spirit is living inside of me, you know, we're meant to list, to live in, in community, man, which means these people are going to learn this from the spirit of God in you, right? As you, as you disciple these younger guys, man, I don't think, yes, we should be reading scripture. Absolutely. But I mean, more so getting, partnering with somebody, you know? Um, yeah, I don't know what, what, I think there's uh, so Chris, you're asking about the usefulness of scripture. Well, I, and maybe percentages, just of like, is there is there something to something to maybe 
there is more value placed on the scriptures for a younger believer than there is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen for, I mean, as long as I've been alive, I've been taught by the Christian church, by Christianity, that the Bible is, is the primary source of information for my life as a Christian. Yeah. But if you look at the life of Christ. So if, so let's just say I take that. They say, Hey, you need to read the Bible. And I start to read the Bible and I see that Jesus never mentions the Bible. And he mentions a lot of scripture, but it's in relation to the prof, the fulfillment of prophecy in like 80% of the context of the time that he mentioned scripture. And then that he starts to talk about this spirit of God that's going to come. Right. And will lead you and guide you. And the spirit of God is going to lead me and guide me and show me things to come and speak to me the things that God is saying and that the spirit's like the wind and it comes and it goes. And so it is, is the believer, anyone born of the spirit. And I'll be born of spirit and water and the spirit of truth. He's going to be the helper. He'll be the counselor. Right. And I'll do these things by the spirit. And and then Jesus breathes on the disciples says, receive you the Holy spirit. He gives them a command. He says, go and wait. And then you'll receive power when the spirit comes upon you and then those disciples go and wait and the spirit comes and then they're infilled with the power and they're able to witness and speak in tongues and heal and teach and do all these things. So the teaching of Jesus says the spirit is the primary source of Yahweh with us for the Christian life, not the scriptures. Right. Jesus never once says the scriptures are the primary source of the life of the believer. Right. So maybe for a little while I take that and I start reading, but if I'm really reading, You'll start to connect some dots. I may start to connect some so dots. So why? And sadly, why? It's, it's taken me, you know, 30, 32 years. Right. So why is, what, what, what's with the overemphasis? Because here's what's happening, you know, maybe, and I, and I think there's something to this in our, in our topic tonight, you know, and trying to figure out, you talking about slavery and talking about being dead, you know, all de- the death and all that kind of stuff. There's got to be something to that. And like, maybe why more people aren't experiencing, you know, this resurrected life, this death, you know, it, it, it reminds me of, of, uh, this is going to sound kind of, um, I don't know what the word sacrilegious may be, but you know, when Jesus says, Hey, you search for me in the tomb, you know, I'm not there is maybe it's, it's like you search for me in the scriptures, but, but I'm all like, I'm over here. Like, well, he said it to the, and we're back on the scripture thing, but I'm only talking about the scripture thing because I'm trying to hammer down the spirit thing. Yes. Right? Yes. It's, I know it's, I get what you're saying. Yeah. It's Romans. Life in the spirit for a mindset on the spirit is life and peace. A mindset on the flesh is death. And we're talking about allowing law to rule in our members, not allowing right. the, spirit the spirit to lead us. Right. And so, yeah, Jesus. Because you can be obedient to the law and be disobedient to the spirit. Oh, say that again. I said, you can be obedient to the law. That is what looks good and looks right. right and especially according to worldly wisdom, but be disobe- disobeying God himself. Dude, that statement right there is going to piss off a lot of people. But oh, I agree sorry. because Jesus, Jesus proved it. What he, did the Pharisees do? They were it's exactly uh, what traditions it was. and laws. They yeah. were flawless, but they were being disobedient to the heart of the Father. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. It's the heart of God. Mm. And so Jesus only did what he saw the Father doing. He only moved in obedience to what the Father was leading him to do. It was a leading and a guiding by the Spirit. Right. He's going to show you things to come. He's going to lead you and guide you into all truth. And we talk about like being led by the spirit, having a mindset on the spirit, life in the spirit, spirit led, spiritual gifts, fruit of the spirit. But we're trying to like, honestly, I think a lot of times we're trying to grow fruit of 
the fruit of the law. Fruit of the right. scriptures. Fruit of the scriptures. Yeah. Right. But the fruit of the scriptures is, no, it's the fruit of the spirit. And again, man, I think all this can be, you know, and I'm not saying this is the remedy, but presenting, again, presenting yourself to God in humility and coming to, I, I think we, I think we've minimalized the human condition. You know, I think we have. I think we have severely minimalized our spiritual condition, like the just human the condition. Okay, you know what I mean. And gotcha. How far lost we are? Yeah. Because we can even look at like people that are seemingly good or or do good works and stuff, but still, I, and we minimize like where we come from, or like how how depraved we are, man. And coming in humility, man, and just really presenting yourself to God. Do what you yeah. will. It's a you know. It's like, an, I can't. So you had the Pharisees who were yelling. To live according to the law. Yeah, do right. this, don't do that. Do this, don't do that. And then you've got the guy who's praying and beating his chest and crying out to the Lord saying, forgive me, I'm a sinner. He's basically saying, I can't. I know what I am. I know what I should do. I can't. The one who's a slave to sin says, I know I shouldn't drink. I know I shouldn't look at porn. I know I shouldn't X, Y, or Z. I can't help it. I, there's, there's nothing, nothing in me. Can do. There's nothing I can do. So then, what does that person do? Cry do out. They what just, did the Israelites do? They do cried they just out continue? And cried out and cried do out. They, you just continue? Absolutely. So okay. So let me. This is a very real, real talk. So got real someone. Talk, yo, real talk. We're gonna just gonna hammer in on porn because it's such a big problem here for us and with the access. Here, let's that pull we have some up. Stuff. So. Oh my god! Some inspiration. Sorry, just kidding. I'm Jay King. My God! Oh, Casey no, has to go to the restroom. I want you here for this. Oh my Dad goodness gracious! Hey, well, yeah, we'll just actually take a break. Yeah, let's just get up from and the I'll, broadcast. I'll have to cut it. I, I do want to wait for him to get back before we yeah before tackle we this, dive in tackle this whole I, topic. And you know, I, I we feel, can we can talk to some of the people that are. I feel like we brought in some season four with the scripture thing, but I feel like it's so important in reference to the spirit because we're talking about what are we capable of in our flesh versus what are we capable of through the spirit? Yeah. Uh, if by the spirit you put to deeds to death, the misdeeds of the flesh, mm -hmm. then you will live. So there are misdeeds of the flesh. There's sin that exists, but it says if by the spirit you put to death, you have to make sure that by the spirit you're putting to death those things. Not because I decided it was a good idea because somebody at church told me that the Bible told me that I shouldn't do this anymore. One is, does that make sense? Yeah. No, it, it, it does. I, I mean, my mind just keeps going back to this practical stuff, dude. It's like, it's, yeah. it's all the practical stuff that I, that I just keep coming back to. And, and do you, I have a question for you. So Romans eight, one, for for there for there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. How does condemnation make somebody feel? Uh, I mean, whenever I feel condemnation, I feel like a piece of shit. Right. I mean, I I just hopeless. Yeah. Uh, remedyless. So ha so there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And so, so does that mean that I'm so condemnation kind of makes you feel that way? Yeah. So I okay. Feel so listen. So how do you feel about your sin? Uh, I don't like it. And you feel like shit. You don't. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I feel like, right. yeah, I feel like shit. So what do you, what do you really believe about your sin? What do you mean? Like, what do you believe about it? <sighs> if you still feel bad and condemned for sin, but there's no condemnation in Christ. That must mean I'm not a Christian. I, maybe you're not a Christian or maybe you have an improper view of how the Lord views you in your yeah, sin. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, that's, right. that definitely so, could be something that's 
So here's the thing, thing too. Like people are going to crucify me for this. There are things that were sin in my life before and things that I would tell you that is like, Hey, I did this. And you'll be like, bro, that's sin. And I can tell you actually don't feel bad for that. You don't feel bad for that sin. I don't. Well, why don't you feel bad for that sin? Because there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It's not. So oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, hold on. So Pam asked this earlier. She said, "Can Pam, you keep?" Pam, Pam, Pam. She said, "Can you keep on? Does it give you a license to sin?" And Paul talks about that too. Should we go on sinning so grace may abound? By no means. I I should not go on sinning, but there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. So I'm not going to feel bad for it because the Father knows my condition. He's dealing with it. I'm His. It's a process. He loves me. Right. I've been forgiven. It's been defeated. There's no debt to be paid for the sin that I'm committing. Also, I'm, I'm not saying I feel good about it. I'm just saying I don't feel bad about it yeah. because I'm not going to self-condemn because I know whose I am and I know what's been done. And so he went to the cross for me even before I repented of any of my sins. So here's here's the reality of the situation. Can Christians, here, here's, a, here's a question, can Christians continue in the same sin, the entirety of their life and be saved. Why are you looking at me? I don't know. It's a question. <laughs> I mean, why to the, not? To those who believed he became, gave the right to become children of God, not to those who repented of their sins and got rid of every impure action throughout the entire of their life. And then they became children of God to those who believe so we can believe and become children of God. And, you know, sadly, maybe listen to this. The generation that was delivered from Egypt had to die off before they could enter into the promised land. It doesn't mean they weren't delivered. It just means they never moved into the promise. Right. So were they not delivered? Were they not saved? Can you look at the generation that died off in the desert and, and say they weren't delivered? No, they were delivered. They just didn't move into the promised land. And so I think that there are some Christians who are essentially delivered from, from sin and death, but then they don't ever actually move into that place of promise where some of that stuff's been put to death by the Spirit. And do you think that has to do with their view of their sin and how they view their know. sin and, what they're, and how they're operating? Because listen, like the more and more that I'm on this earth, I, I, was, I was raised in a church and when I say a church, I'm not talking about a specific church, a church as much as it was, I feel like an error of church that was like, I was raised in an era of church where we talked about sin more than we talked about Jesus, bro. <laughs> and it's just like the overemphasis and the over focus on sin was just so heavy. So of course, as a young believer, young Christian, teen, preteen, everyone's talking about sin. What is my mind going to be focusing in on? Sin. sin. Yeah. So much sin. And, and I just don't know that. I mean, obviously sin grieves the heart of God, but I don't think God even thinks about sin as much as we do well, and our sin as much as we do. Like, and, and maybe someone can check me on that. If you got to, if, but I just feel like his heart said, is I'll not remember as your lined. sins no more, dude. Like, 
And, and, and so we got this, we're walking around with this like sin focused part of our brain where it's like hypersensitive to sin and, and sensitive, sensitive, we need to be sensitive. But you know what I think ends up happening is that when we're so focused on our sin and our sin is in front of us, like our sin blocks us from being able to see Jesus because it's so big and it's so nasty, nasty, not, not nasty. I'm not going to say that, but it's so big that if we focus on it, I feel like it can overshadow God because it, our, our attention is here and God's behind that. Yeah. Well, I, but I also think, I also think that it's just kind of the way that we're approaching our sin. Now, if it's from condemnation, then it's not from God, but conviction. Conviction you know is different. I mean? like, that's conviction. Different. Yeah, that's different. You know, but I'm not, talking we, about. We shouldn't, I mean, and I've seen a couple of posts on, or, or, you know, uh, comments on here. Well, we shouldn't be so sin conscious and stuff like that. And I think, man, to really understand, you know, the depths of, of, of the human condition is to really understand how much we need him and right. to understand how much we need him causes us to seek him yep. and that seeking causes a finding. It's good. The finding creates the rejoicing. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. And so not sin consciousness as in it's ever before me and that's all I see, but to understand, you know, the links and, and what we were capable of as human beings and to understand that I should be watching my way, you know what I mean? Right. That I should be paying attention because it, cause some things are so micro and they seem like they don't matter, but they do. You know, it's the small foxes that spoil the vine. Well, how can I see the small foxes if I'm just not going to pay attention to any of the foxes, you know? Yeah. Yes. Yes to all that. I just wonder though, are we, you can spend so much time. So imagine we're on our journey, spiritual journey, and we're, I'm going to use the, the, uh, the imagery of a mountain. You're hiking a mountain. Let's say this mountain's your spiritual journey and, and you got all these little rocks that are trying to trip you up. Let's call these rocks sin. You, you can stay so focused on, on your steps and every step you're taking mm. and the little rocks beneath you that you never look up and see the beauty wow. that is mm-hmm. around you because we're so focused yep. on not getting tripped up when it's like, yeah, I yeah. think maybe I'm talking more about a meditate, a, a, a meditation, you know what I mean? Just kind right. of search, searching your heart and with, by the spirit, see if there's any wicked way in me. I'm not talking yeah. about like, yeah, well, I'm not. And I'm also not saying ignore your sin. Listen, I, I mean, I feel like Paul where he says, I'm the biggest sinner of them all. I know the depths of my brokenness and I see the sin that exists in me. I am just exasperated of trying to change myself. Right. Exactly. That's where I've come to. Yes. I have. And a mindset on the law is death. I've not been living. Right. I, I've been living in death. The spirit brings life. Listen, the spirit brings life right now. Right. And fruit of the spirit is fruit of the spirit, right. not a fruit of, of your the effort. Of the effort yep. Or a fruit of the loom. <laughs> it's right. not. It's and it's a fruit of the spirit. So when people say, well, how can I try and love harder? You don't. You allow. If you try and love harder, you're trying to effort from your flesh. Right. If you allow the spirit to and lead you to thing. love harder, that's, the thing, man. that's like, a fruit. We get it. Exactly. But we... It's a yielding. Free, what you yield yeah, yourself yield to. And the allowance. And man, like, again, we are so fixated on instant gratification. Fruit takes time to manifest. It takes time. Look, What is it like if you I plan mean, why out? Would, why would he tell you about the fruit of the spirit? Why would he, he like... Use tell, fruit use, as an example. Because it takes time for that to for you to become a producing organism. You know what I mean? It takes time. But we want, we think that if if I'm not seeing the fruit in other people's lives, that means that you know 
they're doing it wrong or they're wrong or if I'm if I'm even taking it on myself and I'm not seeing fruit in my life. Well, the pro- the thing is is that and I've said this before, there is seed in the fruit. And when we sow uh, seed, right? Yep. So the fruit that we bear and that the spirit bears in our lives is we are branches, right? That fruit in our life is meant for consumption consumption, the consumption of others, right? So all these fruits, right, that are that are manifested in you through the spirit, they're tangible and they are able to be tasted by other people in our lives. Mm-hmm. And when they taste that fruit in our lives, there's fruit or seed in the fruit. Seed. And those seeds get, that's how, that's how plant life propagates. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's the co- constant seed getting dropped. You know what I mean? And now, and now that seed is being reproduced in somebody else. But we have got, I, I, I have spent time and time and time, man, with people who were, were, um, just, What's the word that I'm looking for? Just impatient with oh, other yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so impatient let's... with myself, right? Not allowing for God to do his work. And we pick the fruit before it's even able to be eaten, man. Like so, it's it's ridiculous. So let's play this out. So you have somebody who shows up to a church. They preach a message of salvation. They invite them to come be a part of their church family, get into a group, tithe, volunteer, play in the band, do all this stuff. They give their lives to Christ. They do all those things. Four not months, if they're living with their girlfriend. They're well, not. Well, listen. Well, listen. Four, four months down the road. Well, in some church plants, yes. But four months. Listen. I'm listening. I, sh- I show up. I give my life to Christ. Four months down the road, I'm involved in church. I'm going to group. I'm doing all this stuff. I'm giving. I'm volunteering. Four months down the road, I'm still struggling with some some obvious sin in my life. What do people start saying about me? Oh, yeah. What uh, do they say? Well, they will say things like, hey, man, we need to sit down and have a conversation with Jason. He's really struggling. He's got these things going on in his life. We really need to call him out uh, in, in accountability, in love. Mm-hmm. But we need to have this conversation. And it's almost like they want you to be a full-blown oak tree when you're just a little a little leaf at it coming out of the ground, a little sproutling. And, and what are those? Okay, so then they sit this person down, and what does that conversation sound like? Uh, condemnation. In what form? What are some of the phrases they would use? Uh... Hey man, we have these high standards for people that are serving and who are in leadership positions. And uh, sign this covenant. You know, if if you're really going to lead people, then you have to be able to lead yourself. And and so for that reason, because you're struggling, just for a time, brother, we're going to have you step back. We have a brother John who's going to walk with you and disciple you. Maybe I don't know, but we're going to have to ask you to step back for now. And it's almost like you just got your hand slapped. Or hey, bro. I, man, you gave your life to Christ. You got baptized. You've been doing this. And I just, we, we see this, this obvious sin in your life and bro, you just got to repent, man. You just got to repent. You you have to stop. I mean, the Bible says it's wrong right here. Let me show you the scriptures. Like you, you have to stop this. You can't do this anymore. This isn't what Christians do. This is what the Bible says. Ooh. And then, so then they try. So then what? They try. They try. And it mm-hmm. fails. Right. And, it and fails. the sin persists. And so then it perpetuates. Because of what was put on them. Right. Law. Hey, live up to this standard. Live up to the standard. Or, you Yoke know, church. Yoke church. You bring your yoke. Yoke of the <laughs> yeah. law. Dude, what a yoke. You know, for those people that are like, that really have a heart for people that I want to see, you, you want to see fruit grow faster? Well, let's take a lesson from trees. Let's take a lesson from plant life. Okay, what do plants need to survive? Water. They need water and they Nutrients. need li- and they need light. Light. Okay. Well, it says live in the light as I'm in the light. Mm-hmm. Okay. Also, the washing of the water of the word. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. so, if you want to see exponent or growth at an accelerated rate, and also manure. Okay. Dead 
decomposing material is a catalyst and an accelerant for growth. Mm. Okay, so Ooh, if you want, good. you want to, you want to, I love when you, you, you want to tell to me, people, baby. and you want to, you want to put law on people. Well, how about this? You are Ephesians says that when you are illuminated, you become a light. So you want people to to accelerate fruit in their life, the fruit of the spirit. They need to be living in the light as I am in the light. Christ, yes, living in that light. And then also getting around other people. You want to be a light. light in other people's lives. Yeah. The washing of the water of the word, man. And I'm talking about not necessarily just the Bible. Yes, you know, scripture is the word. You know what I mean? But the power of God's word in people's lives. Yeah, what's he saying to you? And then also the death. These things that die inside of us, right? As we can, again, allocating these things to death, allocating <laughs> these things to the cross, right? And also the bull crap people go through in their life. Yeah. You know what I mean? If, if yeah. accepted in the right way can be a catalyst to growth. Yeah. I, I, I don't want anybody to think that we're like minimizing, like the minimizing sin, what I'm trying to do is maximize love. Right. Right. I'm I'm trying to say we're loved. We're not condemned. He died but for us. But could someone do consider what great love the Father has? You made for that us. statement, but could somebody benefit from minimizing sin in their life? You think about look at this. I got a screen open right now. I'm gonna hit minimize. It's no longer on the forefront of my mind. Oh like Ooh. what what would that do? <laughs> He's Snap. like Casey's like, I just want to yeah. talk about trees. Too, I don't want to talk about computers. They, too bad they didn't have Windows computers in the olden days. They could have had that in scripture. Right. <laughs> no, but for real though, it's like this over focus. It What's I really do think it, it blocks our okay. it, it it takes our gaze and it sets it on this one thing when it's like, yes, this gaze. thing matters, but <laughs> going to walk on past. Yes, this thing, this thing in our life matters. It grieves the heart of God, but I don't think it matters as much as we think it does. Well, he died for it. Like he knew, listen. And when I say, I don't think it matters as much as we think it does. What I'm trying to get at is it does not deserve as much attention and as, and and as much focus as we give it because attention and focus will lead to striving in, in this effort that it's like, Works of the flesh. Yes, and 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 that's not where the defeating of the that stuff comes from. Not yep. from focus. Not from force. Not from porn blockers. Not from from works and all of these things. Like yeah. it, it doesn't yeah. come from that. Cease striving. Yeah, and know well, that I'm God. Man. Those, was it say those who are in Christ have ceased from their works, Ooh. just as God did from His on the seventh day. Those who are in Christ have ceased from their works. I'm no longer trying to work for love. Let me see. Oh, I'm not work, trying work, to work, earn work. grace. I'm not trying to earn love. I'm accepted. I'm a I'm son. I'm accepting it and right? allowing it to be manifested and, through me. It's a, it, and so let me give you an experience because I mean I you know I have experience with the Lord. Again, it's you do. I yes. <laughs> I was praying one day, which was really just me like going to the Father, um, but I was weeping, you know how James, it's like, weep and well, you sinners, cleanse your hands, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Right. So, I mean, I'm doing this. I'm like, okay, maybe if I cry more, maybe if I pray harder, whatever, I'll change. Maybe if I pray droplets of blood. Yes. Maybe if I cry Sweat droplets blood, blood out of my eyeballs, because I'm so remorseful of my sin, then I'll be saved. So I'm going to the Lord and I'm like, God. And, and so I'm going to him and, and just imagine that the father who loves you, who sent his son to die for you, you're his child and you walk in the room and you just fall down at the feet and you are groveling 
Like you're nothing like you're crap. Oh, I'm the scum of the earth. I'm terrible. I'm this piece of shit. All I do is sin. I know I haven't prayed. I know I haven't read my scriptures. I know I haven't done all these things. And I'm making all these statements that are basically me saying like, I haven't done these things. I hope you still love me and accept me. Yeah. And the father's looking at me and he's like, I remember this very clearly. He said, you need to stop focusing on what you've done or not done and start focusing on what he's done. Right. And at that moment, I was like, we come in through the blood of Christ, right? We, we are in Christ. We, we have his righteousness for, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So when I step in, I'm in right standing, not because of what I've done or not done, but because of what he's done. And so God doesn't focus on what we've done or not done. He focuses what on Jesus did. Right. And so when he sees us, he sees the son, he sees the blood. It was like the father in the Holy of Holies, looking down and seeing the blood covering the mercy seat on the ark from the sacrifice. So he didn't see the contents of the ark that was representative of the sin of Israel. He saw the blood. Do you guys even know that? Yeah. Have you ever heard that? Mm Mm-hmm. So within the ark, there were the Aaron's rod that budded. There were the broken shards of the the law, and then there was the uh, what else was there? Was there manna? Yeah, I can't remember. It was representative of the disobedience of Israel. And so they put all that inside of the ark of the they covenant. They covered it with mercy. And so then they covered it. It was the mercy seat of God. It had the cherubim. It's the throne, and then they poured the blood over the sin within the ark, so that when God looked, he saw the sin of the sacrifice, not the sin of the people or Mm. the blood of the sacrifice, not the sin of the people. And so when we go to the father, what does he see? The blood of the sacrifice, not the sin of the person. Mm. So what does he see when he looks at us? Doesn't see. He sees the sacrifice. He sees the atonement. He says, though you were as red as crimson, I'll make you as white as snow. He sees purity. He sees forgiveness. And that's truth, man. You know what I mean? And truth, truth will set you free. You know, the truth, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Yeah. You know, I think maybe if we're experiencing a lack of freedom in areas in our life, maybe we're experiencing a lack of truth in that area, you know, and I think that we've done a very poor job, um, at least in our, our, our culture and our society in giving truth, man. And, you know, and, uh, and sowing truth in other people's lives. I think a lot of it's worldly wisdom, man, you know, um, and that's not going to set people free, you know, it's not. and the, again, again, those who have died, have died to sin, reckoning right. yourself and seeing that you ha- that old man is crucified with Christ. He was crucified. That is a factual event that happened. Mm-hmm. I am crucified with Christ. And if I have died with him, then I will also that I have also been raised as him as well. I think mm. if we grasp that truth and really meditate on that, really envision it, really get that in your spirit, I believe you start setting, seeing areas of your life that you're set free, allowing for process, you know, allowing for process. Again, systems of measurement. We measure how holy I am by how much I give or what I did and did not do that day. And, and at least I'm not like that person. You know what I mean? We, we measure things. If we stop measuring and allow just the process to be the process, right? 
with because we just want it. It's it's like just look at me. Oh look 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 at me. Look what I've done. It's it's man. It's self, dude. Allow for the process, and God is going to bring that to God is going to yeah. bring that to fruition. He is going to con- He has conquered it. You know, and he will conquer it in your life. But it has to be humility. It has to be reckoning those things dead. You Mm. are dead unto sin and alive unto Christ. That is truth, and truth will set you free. Can I ask you a question? No. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) How do you do that? No. (laughs) How would you have responded if someone told you that a year ago? All of that stuff. That's a good question. Exactly. So, and I'm not trying to like. No, I'm just curious. Living out of my flesh, I would have, I would have rejected it not not necessarily reject rejected it but i would have been like oh yeah yeah i get it but casey you know in a I moment mean? of of really trying to turn things around you hear that do you hear you know a year ago do you hear i've tried everything else I'm, i mean i'll try this you know like it, is that a part of maybe a thought process that you might go down you, you know like would just like okay another prescriptive thing right a better prescriptive thing it, it, there's think, there's more dude, i exhausted every prescription that I was given. Right. And, and again, it was coming to the absolute end and saying, I, I give up. And so there, I, that, I, give up. that Death. I just give up. So that's gotta be, <laughs> you give it over. That's gotta I, I, be it. I give up. I'm done with this. I'm, I'm done trying. I'm done. And then all of a sudden <laughs> new life. I, is, but is, isn't the majority of preaching, Chris, we talked about this before. The majority of preaching is oh, here's, yeah. Here's here's the problem. Here, here's what you're doing right or here's what you're doing wrong. Here's what scripture has to say about it and here's why you shouldn't do it anymore. Very rarely do you hear a how to actually go do that. So a lot of it, a lot of people put it on themselves. And so I'll tell you what, there are times where I've I've heard sermons and I'm like, I can do better. I got this. Man, I'm hopeful. I can change. And it's all I I I. Yeah. And I get hopeful that me, I can me, me. change. I'm actually I actually came to the point where I'm like, I don't know if I'll ever change, but I knew that if I ever did, it wouldn't be because I tried because I've tried and I have failed. I have tried out of the flesh time and time again to be a different person. And it's always the spirit of God leading me, revealing things to me, telling me something that changes my heart in a moment, changes the way that I view things. And so I think we have to see this as a, um, we partner with God in the work that he's doing in our life. It's not us trying to do it on our own, right? Bema, they talk about God's looking for people to partner with. Chutzpah. Chutzpah. He's, he's looking for people to partner with, and that's what he's always done. Right. And he's always been with his people every step of the way. He, he puts Adam and Eve in the garden. He gives them commands, but then he comes to be with them, walking through the garden, looking for them, saying, where are you? Because he wanted to be with them. That's the first time we, we see an instance of the father's heart to be with his people when he says, where are you? Yeah. I'm looking, I'm coming to be with you. Well, then they cast them out because they couldn't have access to the tree of life. But then you get, um, God gives command to Abraham and God is with Abraham everywhere he goes. God gives Moses <laughs> command and he partners with Moses to live out his will. And so then Moses is like, well, I'm not going to go if you're not coming with me. He's like, oh, I'm going to be with you. Right. So, so go back to, uh, Moses. Okay. You got Broses. the slaves, Broses, brother Broses. And, uh, those Israelites, do you think they had freedom on their mind at all? Probably not. They probably, do you think they were expecting uh, a liberator to show up and liberate them? I don't know. 
I mean, you're talking how much? I mean, it was 400 years. 400? I mean, they were crying out to God again. Again, that's interesting because you get these people who are in slavery, and he says, "I heard the cries of my people." Appointed time, bro. And I and here's what I always say: I always say God hears the cries of His people. God hears are, the cries of His of the oppressed. Of yeah, the oppressed, too. right? Who are those that are oppressed, if not those who are slaves to their sin? Yep. Mm-hmm. And when they realized, man, we're we're in slavery. We can't change this scenario. They stop trying to change the scenario, and they cry out to Yahweh, and then Yahweh sends a deliverer. At an appointed time, like Casey said. At an appointed time. And so during that 400-year period, you have how many generations that have come through, you know, potentially four generations that died in slavery, that that never saw freedom, you know? And so could it be that there are people that will never see the type of freedom that you experience, Casey, on this side of heaven, that they die, they die a slave? I would have to say... Yeah, that probably exists for some people. This, this is good. Andrea says, I'll say it again. You have to surrender and relinquish the power. It's that give up moment where you are truly, uh, where you truly are. Your your only option is to partner with Yahweh. Where Yeah, where you, your only option is to partner with God. Yeah. And so a lot of people will exhaust self. They literally do all that they possibly can, and then they give up. And then it's like, okay, God says, I can work with that. Is it possible that in focusing on our deliverance that we miss the relationship that can come before the deliverance? I would think so too. That that you can focus so much on wanting to be delivered that you miss out. So I just um, know of someone who died of cancer uh, here recently mm. and a young guy, 20, in the early 20s. Really? Yes. Wow. Very young. And uh, and he actually died because of, because of COVID. Um, he yeah. got COVID in his week in state, but you know, he was someone that I saw that tried to focus as much as he could on, on the good, his faith, um, his relationship with God. He could have so easily in other people, he could have so easily become obsessed with cancer treatment. And all he focused on was cancer treatment and getting healed and and being going through the chemo and everything that he missed out on the relationships that were there. And, and he just passed away, you know, here last week. And and I just wonder, is it possible that some of us are so focused on being like getting the remedy to the sin in our life that we're missing out on the relationship, relationship. that's right in front of us? And we may end up dying before we ever see deliverance on this side of heaven. I, maybe. I mean, I think, it, I think anything is possible, but I, I think you brought up a really interesting point is that it's, it is all about the relationship, right? Like, mm-hmm. the, I mean, that's what it is. It's about being in relationship with the father. And it's, again, what do we believe, right? What have we reckoned unto ourselves? What, what have we really received as truth, as a revelatory experiential truth? So I believe, and the scripture says that those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed into the likeness of his son. And so if I believe in destiny, and I believe that the truth is that God knows me and is conforming me to the likeness of the son. I know that I am in the process of being changed. Process. And even though I don't see the change now, I believe that it's coming and it's up to him to lead me and guide me. It's not up to me to try hard to receive. He didn't say those who are in Christ will effort really hard to look like Jesus. 
It said that those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of Christ. Yeah. And it happens by his spirit in us. Now to him who's able to do farther than we ever ask or imagine or, or, or dream, and he does it by the spirit that is at work within us. What we're capable of is what the spirit's capable of. And so I believe in that. And that's why I'm just saying, look, I'm not that right now. But I fully believe that I will be that one day and yes. I'm just here on the journey. And so you're right. If I'm thinking too much about all the things that I shouldn't be doing and focus really on my sin, I'm missing that face-to-face relationship with the father where he's saying, hey, take this step, right? I'm trying hard to take these steps because if I take those steps, well, then I'll look righteous. But the father's saying, no, take this step and he'll lead me. Maybe it's the shortcut to righteousness. I don't know. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. These are all good. Okay. Good things to bring up. Well, I guess that died out, huh? <laughs> I mean, where, where I do we leave people? I mean, we've talked an hour. Right now. We've talked an hour and a half about this stuff. Like, where do we leave people? Go to Jesus. I mean, that's always the thing. Like, it's always it. He he's the best. <laughs> Stare longingly into the face of Christ. What you believe dictates your conduct, man. And it's true. You know, just it's very true. You know, I've always thought that, like, do I really believe that sin is terrible? Because if I did, maybe I wouldn't do it. Yeah. I mean, I believe that if I jump off a bridge, I'll die. So you don't do it. So I don't do it. Mm. But do I really believe that whatever, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I I think. Where do we leave people? Let's shut it down. My hope, my hope with this conversation for people is that it would, it would just get you to meditate on this, dwell on this. I, yeah. I would hope that there would be aspects of things that w- that were said today that would stand out to you and that you would go to God with this and that you would, you would seek him. And it's just the Jesus answer, man. But at the end of the day, that is the best answer. It really is because what he's going to say to me is going to be different than what he's going to speak to you on, on what steps I need to take. I mean, he is the physician and he has a treatment plan and, and a life plan, not even just treatment, but a life plan, a way for you to live today and now while you are still in, you know, going through your spiritual chemotherapy, there is still a life plan for you. Um, although you may not be delivered yet, which none of us are 100% delivered on this side of heaven. Right. We still have a skin suit, I suppose. A flesh sack, you know, we still got it. (laughs) This meat wad. I love a good meat wad. No, but Christopher, the Bible says that the wages of sin is death, so you repent now or die. I guess I'm going to hell. Yeah. guess I'm dying. Casey, any closing thoughts? No. Good stuff. What do I want to leave people with? I just want people to trust in the Lord, man. Yeah. I mean, I know that sounds cliche, whatever, but... Bro, I want people to stop putting yokes on people, too, man. Get that, yeah. Whose yoke is that anyway? Get whose that yoke out of my anyway? face. Get that yoke yeah, out of my face. It, it doesn't help, man. Right. It take, doesn't Jesus help. says, take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. Yeah. From doesn't look humble. like the yoke of Jesus. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Looks like the, if you are feeling... If you've got yard... If you've got hard and heavy yokes, it's not Jesus' yoke. I like my yokes over easy. <laughs> Like yeah, that's right. I like my yokes religion free, and if your yoke is heavy mm-hmm. and it is crushing you, it might be a yoke of religion. Ooh, breaking so, off the yoke of religion. That's no. maybe what we'll call this one. All right, I'm busting out the yoke. Bust that yoke. Casey's over this conversation. He's over it. All right, y'all. All right, Man, peace, salty dogs. Out, out.